while we've all just been basking in the scandal of everything, there's been a lot happening in all Housewives franchises. I love this episode already because we have touched on Beverly Hills. We've touched on New York. And now we're going to talk about Potomac. I still have things to talk about, about Vanderpump Rules. And also I have some things to talk about Salt Lake City. Like we're getting a little bit of everything here. This is not just another Housewife podcast. Celebrity gossip consuming my brain. You cannot tell me that for the last two years, all of these dates have not been blocked off with NFL stadiums. It is all happening. I'm Brett, and this is the Oops I Gossiped Again podcast. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. It feels so nice to sit here and record and know that this entire episode is not going to be all about Scandaval. I do have some updates that we are obviously going to cover, but there's still so much more to talk about. There's a lot of things happening in the Bravo world. I want to talk about the Oscars. So we are just going to dive right in and we're going to start with the Oscars. I believe that I have watched the Oscars two times in my entire life. And the first time was when Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper performed for A Star Is Born. And otherwise, I just, I never watched. The second time was this week. I think I've mentioned this before, but like if it's not a music awards show, I usually do not care. I also don't watch a lot of movies, so I never know who they're talking about, who's winning awards, who's nominated, what the mo- what movie is nominated, what the movie's about. I just like give me 10 episodes of a series to binge and I will spend all 10 hours, but if you want me to sit down and watch a movie, it's just not going to happen. I think the last one that I watched was The Glass Onion Knives Out. Or I, no, I take that back. I watched The Menu. That was the last one I think I watched. But all these other movies that were nominated, I I just don't watch movies. And I rarely know who is involved. I was born in the 80s. So my high school movies were things like Encino Man, Son-in-Law, Biodome, all of those types of things. And I've been watching Brendan Fraser win awards for The Whale. I have not watched it. I need to make sure that when I do, I'm on an emotionally and a mentally stable day because from what I'm seeing, it's going to just entirely fuck that up. But I've been watching Brandon Fraser, and I am so excited and happy for him and his comeback. And with his, you know, his thank you speech, there's just so much genuine emotion and genuine gratitude that it's impossible to not adore this man. And again, I've I've I know him from his 90s movies. So I'm loving this comeback for him. He of course won leading actor. I was happy for Jamie Lee Curtis. She's never been nominated and she did win for supporting. However, it also came with the fact that Angela Bassett, who in my opinion deserved it more than Jamie Lee Curtis. I'm just going to say it. I love Jamie Lee Curtis, but Angela Bassett, you know, this woman has also never had an Oscar. And it's this continuing discussion, which is a much larger discussion. You know, there are a lot of people saying she wasn't gracious. She didn't stand up. She didn't clap. 
it's because of a racial divide, in my opinion, with the academy. And it's not cool. I don't I don't like it at all. I, I do believe that she deserved to win. Another one that's impossible to not enjoy and adore is Kehui Kwan. This man, like I saw photos even yesterday, middle of the week, where he's still just carrying around this Oscar. And again, just that genuine, happy, giddy love. And, and it was my husband who immediately, when he heard him speak on the red carpet, said, is that the kid from the Goonies? And I was like, gosh, it really sounds like him, you know, like he still carries that same tone of voice, that, that little kid tone. And just with, maybe it's the sheer excitement and the happiness that carries into that childlike voice, but it was actually my husband. So I have to give him props on it to find out that that was the same kid from the Goonies. And that just like threw me for a loop. And how perfect is it that Harrison Ford is the one that is there to give him the award. I like this hug between them. There's a photo side by side of him as a little kid hugging Harrison Ford and now as an adult getting an Oscar. Like all of these people coming back in an age where they were essentially child stars, like Brendan Fraser, you know, he was more of like a young adult, but coming back in their prime in this time to win Oscars was amazing to watch. And I'm so happy for all of them. Of course, I was a little thrown off that neither Rihanna or Lady Gaga won the Oscar, but that was also, you know, the first Indian musical duo that had been nominated for an Oscar. So I give them major props. That whole performance was entertaining and fun. Lady Gaga, she, there were rumors that she was going to be there and she was going to perform. We knew that Rihanna was going to be performing. But the way that she stepped onto that stage without an introduction, without the fanfare and just completely stripped down, no makeup, a black t-shirt, black ripped jeans, that is my favorite form of this woman. And I have been a little monster since the beginning, since the beginning. I've been to, I think, three or four of her shows. I think it's three. I can't quite remember. I saw one tour twice. It was a whole thing. I have always been a little monster, but what has always gotten me about the perception of Lady Gaga, and there was a tweet that I saw that night, and the woman had said, I was shocked to look up and see her in her most beautiful form. I couldn't believe it was her, something along those lines. I've never seen her in this space. And this is the label that a lot of people put on her. They immediately think, drag queen vibes. They immediately think about a meat dress. They think about all of these ways that she's stood out. It, like that's the, where the judgment comes from. And no one takes the time to see Stephanie. No one takes the time to see her stripped down at a piano doing her own thing. And I remember one year, I can't remember which ball it was. I think it was Art Pop. And we had these seats that were like fourth row. I did. I don't like, I'm short. I'm very small. So I don't ever like to get anything that's on the floor. So it was in this stadium and we were like fourth, fourth row or second row or something right up from the edge of, you know, like where the football field would be. And we were a little bit away from the main stage. We were kind of on the side, but right in front of us, there was this secondary stage and she wasn't doing anything on it. She wasn't coming to it. 
And all of a sudden, and I, I wish I could remember what song it was, but all of a sudden from the bottom up comes her sitting at her piano bench and her piano. And she's just like completely, you know, has a completely different outfit. And it, in that moment, I thought, holy shit, this is it. This is what I live for with her. Other than the fact that she is a phenomenal performer, I think that one I counted like 17 costume changes. But when it's her sitting alone at her piano and just singing, and I think that's why Star is Born was so popular because that's what you got from her. And when she was pushed into being this performer, she was an entirely different person. It fit her. And seeing like right in front of me, I mean, I'm talking like 30 feet in front of me, this woman just bare, that is her in her most amazing form. That is Stephanie. That is Stephanie on that stage. And too many people put a perception of what they see as her of a performer and how she did the most to get eyes on her, they forget or they don't even know. Quite frankly, I don't even think they know. They don't know her talent and they don't give her that opportunity. And I think a lot of people maybe started seeing that with the Super Bowl because uh, the Super Bowl performance wasn't too outlandish, but it was real and it was vocal. And it's an audience that doesn't provide her that opportunity to hear her. And I had somebody DM me and say, you know, my 78-year-old father after the Super Bowl realized what an amazing artist she is. And and immediately I said, what you need to do for your 78-year-old father is you need to have him listen to the Tony Bennett songs, the duo, the album, the YouTube, the clips, the videos. They, the two of them together had such an amazing bond and they performed so well together and she respected him. And that that is Stephanie. That, I'm sorry, that's not Lady Gaga. That is Stephanie. So this woman at the Oscars had me sobbing hysterically. I mean, from her speech in the beginning of why she wrote the song, she performed the song that she did for um, Top Gun. I, it was just beginning to end, I was sobbing. Sobbing like an absolute baby. But those weren't the only two that were at the Oscars, obviously. We had amazing fashion, but in my opinion, Cara Delevingne was the showstopper. She has come out and spoken her road to sobriety and how those pictures of her, you know, the ones we were talking about where she had been like waiting to go to the airport or something and she just looked manic and she looked disheveled and there were a lot of rumors going around, but she essentially confirmed like there was a major drug problem happening. She needed to get sober. She went to rehab and she's coming out now as four months sober and she was just stunning. She had this beautiful red gown, but it wasn't just the red gown. It was the glow and the confidence and this comeback of sorts. And you could, you would see it in her face. And I hate when people say like, sobriety looks good on you. Like, but that, that's what it was. It wasn't just the gown. It wasn't just what she was wearing. It was the way she presented herself. And then she went and changed into this other gorgeous, like neutral gown for the Vanity Fair party. Absolutely show-stopping in my opinion. The biggest talk since the Oscars though has been the interview between Ashley Graham and Hugh Grant. And again, my husband was watching all of the early, like the, the runway stuff with me while we were cooking dinner. And we had just sat down to eat and it was playing and he had his back to the television. He was like, we were sitting there eating, not paying attention. And we could hear the interview happening. And even he turned around and was like, what the fuck is that? What is his problem? So if you haven't seen the clip, he 
was just rude, rude, rude as fuck, in my opinion. And there's been a lot of talk that Ashley Graham, she's been criticized for what she was wearing because she had like a sheer dress where you could see like the shape of what would be brawn underwear underneath it. She has been criticized for not asking the right questions. He's been allowed to make excuses because he's a grumpy Briton, British guy. Like I, there's so many excuses. In my opinion, he was extremely rude. Like, if you don't want to be involved, if you don't want to do an interview, don't agree to an interview. Don't stop for the interview, right? But also, my biggest thing is, if this had been a woman, and had a woman sat there and rolled her eyes and gave snarky comments the way that he did, whether the interviewer was a woman or a man, had a woman had that response, this would be an entirely different conversation. People would be dragging her. And one comment I had said, well, he is being dragged. He's not being dragged entirely. He is in some ways, but there are far too many people that are making excuses for him and allowing Ashley to also be dragged in it as well. I gave him the benefit of the doubt for a little while. And I thought, okay, is he just being British? Is he just being grumpy? But no, it just, it was a dick move. It was a dick move. And I've watched multiple other videos of where this is his persona and he's done this in other interviews, but like, why does he get a pass for it? Why is it okay? And why are we making excuses for him? It's not cool. If you don't want to do the interview, don't agree to do the interview. While the Oscars were happening, many housewives were attending the Elton John fundraiser. And it's funny because I've seen a lot of people online talking about how all of the housewives were at the Oscars. The only housewife that has been seen that was actually at the Oscars was LVP. And I think that's hilarious. I I just, I think it's iconic. But no, they were not at the Oscars. They were all attending Elton John's fundraiser. And I had to laugh because sitting at a table is Diana and Asher, which I believe, you know, Diana's supposedly been on bed rest this whole time. And she's like, if anything can get me to get up, it's Elton John's. And we know that she is a sponsor because her drink was plastered all over like the backdrop of the red carpet for the event. So her company was a sponsor, but we also know she has this close relationship with Elton and she's always, she's been on the committee. So of course, the first thing I thought of, well, we know who paid for the table. We know that it wasn't Rinna, <laughs> Rinna and Harry Hamlin, because remember that whole scandal of, you know, Sutton paid for the table. We know that Diana paid for this table. So Rinna, let's see the receipts. Did you pay for your table or not? All the housewives were at this Oscar party. Like when I say all the housewives, I mean, most, all of the, actually I don't, recall if I saw Erica there, but most of the Beverly Hills housewives were there. Jill Zarin was also there. Um, I think there were a couple other New York ones. I can't recall, but of course the big discussion is like Kathy Hilton and Kyle, they got a photo together. It looked very awkward. They did not arrive together. There was another scandal going around that there was a selfie taken of Mauricio and Dorit sitting in the middle of a suburban with Kyle sitting in the back only to, you know, fuel the rumors of them having an affair right in front of Kyle, which I thought was ridiculous. But it was Jill Zarin that kind of stirred some things up. And when I say Jill Zarin stirring some things up, I don't even think it's Jill. I think it was her daughter more. 
So Jill is at the Elton John event and she has on her Instagram stories that the woman that she was with from Texas that they were at a table with, her husband had bid on Vanity Fair after Oscar party tickets and paid $80,000. He bought two tickets to the Vanity Fair after Oscar's party so that his wife and Jill Zarin could go to the Vanity Fair party. Which is fine. No, okay, cool. So then she's like in the carpet or she's in line to go in for the red carpet and she's talking about this and explaining it. Now, the next day while I'm scrolling TikTok, I see Allie have a video where Jill had photobombed Kehi Kwan and she's not wearing shoes and she's like, my mom snuck into the Vanity Fair event and here she's photobombing this photo and she's a typical New Yorker not wearing shoes. Now I was like, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense. So of course I went back and watched Jill's Instagram stories again where she's talking about how they bought the tickets and I commented and I'm like, how did your mom sneak in when they bought tickets? And there was no reply back to my comment. But then I did a video on it because, of course, I went down a Jill Zarin rabbit hole, which I'm going to get to. I did a video on it. And then after the fact, which I'm sure they probably saw the video because, like, my comment was liked by a bunch of different people. Then they're like, well, let me explain. And this was well after I did the video, well after I had commented and, you know, said she didn't sneak in. They bought the tickets. Ha ha ha. Like, don't say you snuck in if you bought the ticket. But that situation actually led me into a deeper Jill Zarin hole. Jill Zarin had been on Jeff Lewis's podcast last week. And then she also spoke with a reporter on the red carpet of the Elton John event. Now, there have been multiple rumors going around that there was a specific housewife that was stalling the negotiations for Roni legacy in the fact that she wanted more money and she deserved to get paid more, et cetera, et cetera. All of the rumors were kind of closing in on Jill Zarin. And on Jeff's show, she admitted, yeah, I did. I was fighting for equal pay. And it's not that I wanted more money than anybody else. I wanted everyone to be paid the same. I don't think that it's appropriate that some housewives are getting more money than I do. She then went into this whole tangent about how had she not casted Ramona and Sonia and Luann, they would never be on the show. And it was all because of her that the show even existed. It was giving very much Vicky Gunvalson, Teresa Judice vibes, in my opinion. Which in my, like, we know Ramona was not going to be on Legacy. She was, she, Bravo has cut ties with her. However, we had Luann and we have Sonia. Now, I got blasted because I misspoke and said Sonia instead of Ramona on the on my TikTok video about this. But Sonia wasn't in the beginning, but she was also, like, these two women have been on longer than any other housewife that was going to be on legacy, right? Ramona would obviously be right up there with Luann, but she's not going to be there. I think that there are multiple housewives, you know, Bethany is one and actually Stephanie from Dallas has been going on her TikTok and sharing a lot of like inside secrets. So we know that when it comes to contracts, like the time that you've been on the show obviously makes a huge difference. In my opinion, I don't think that Jill deserves to get paid as much as Luann. And I think even Sonia deserves to get paid more than Jill. But Jill is adamant in saying, I, I'm the start of this show. I casted all of them. I brought them all in. If it weren't for me, they wouldn't be here. Then she goes on the red carpet and says, 
Well, I had a housewife call me and tell me you shouldn't be saying that. You should, you know, you shouldn't go on radio shows and say things like that. And she's like, I'm just defending myself. And in my opinion, I think that the housewife that called her is Dorinda because bless her. <laughs> but I think Dorinda is so like, it's, I don't want to say thirsty because the thirsty comment is for Jill Zarin, but I think Dorinda is equally thirsty to get back on television. I mean, at BravoCon, we saw her stand up and call Andy right out and be like, get me off pause. I think she's probably the one that called Jill because they are friends. They just did Ultimate Girls Trip together. And Dorinda's probably like, listen, I'm trying to look out for you. Like, you're just going to piss off Bravo by saying things, but also get your shit together so we can do this show. I don't know. I The whole Roni legacy thing is really... Hard for me to believe that we're ever going to get it. And Andy keeps saying, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. I, I'm not holding my breath. I'm waiting for Luann and Sonia's show to come out. I'm going to eat that up. But I don't know how I feel about Roni Legacy ever really coming to fruition. And I will gladly bite my tongue and take that statement, retract that statement as we get more information if it starts happening. But I don't know. I don't know if we're going to see it. Something else that came up last week that was overlooked, I think, in a way amongst the scandal of everything is Brandy Glanville's attorneys fired off letters to Warner Brothers and Shed Media to release the audio and the video of the incident in question in Morocco on the filming of Real Housewives Girls Trip Season 4. Now, if you remember, there are allegations that she had made sexual advances towards Caroline that were unwanted and Caroline reported it. I think I talked about this in another episode. You can go back and look and get all the details. I don't want to go into all of them, but it's interesting because the letter was this three-page long letter. It, it's a lot. And they are claiming that Brandy is being wrongly accused of sexual assault and they want the audio and the video of the entire night. They want the video of whatever happened in the house. Then they want the audio of the alleged incident in the bathroom. Now, what's interesting is that Brandy is not denying that sexual contact happened. She is not denying that. What she is denying is that it was unwanted. She, in this letter via her attorneys, has come out saying... Everything that happened that night was consensual, even to the point that she claims that Caroline said, I've been kissed by girls before, but I've never kissed them back until now. Now, here's the thing about Brandy Glanville. Brandy always will take things too far. Always. We know that about her. She will make advances. She will do things. She will attack people physically and verbally. She will always take it too far. That is something that we know of Brandy Glanville. And in my opinion, something else that we know or should believe is that Brandy Glanville is not a liar. She has always had zero shame of everything she's done and or said, and she will speak it and she will yell it and she will tell everyone everything. I firmly believe that something happened between her and Denise Richards. I really do. And I wish that Denise Richards would just come out and say, yeah, it happened. Who gives a shit? Move on. But it, it didn't go that way. It didn't happen that way. And Denise, you know, continuously denied and denied and denied and made Brandy look like a liar. I believe Brandy in that situation. So for Brandy to go so far to have her attorneys fire off letters 
to Warner Brothers, to Shed Media to release that information. She was either one, so drunk she does not remember anything that happened and now she wants you know to play it back, or number two, is it's actually happened the way she said it. I haven't seen any updates on that since the letters came out, but I'm sure that more is to come. And of course, I will update as we get more information. I love this episode already because we have touched on Beverly Hills. We've touched on New York. And now we're going to talk about Potomac. I still have things to talk about, about Vanderpump Rules. And also, I have some things to talk about Salt Lake City. Like, we're getting a little bit of everything here. While we've all just been basking in the scandal of everything, there's been a lot happening in all Housewives franchises. So on Tuesday, there was a tweet that came out that confirmed that one Dixon has been let go as head coach of Coppin State University men's basketball. This, I'm assuming, is coming off of the lawsuit that one Coppin State and the alleged catfisher were named in back in, I believe, November. I did an episode on the lawsuit already. I'm not sure what number it is, but it is the December 30th episode. So if you don't know what's going on in that, you can go back and listen to the December 30th episode where I laid out what was going on with the lawsuit. But in a nutshell, there was a student, one of his athletes, that was catfished and sexual text messages were sent, videos. He was bribed into having sexual contact with the assistant coach. And it turned out, allegedly, the catfisher was the assistant coach the whole time. So please just go back and listen to that whole episode because I don't want to take up a bunch of time going through that. But he was let go of his position as head coach. Now, what's so interesting to me is that on the reunion, I think it was like part one of the reunion when Andy is talking to Robin about their wedding and things, he does ask about the lawsuit. And Robin says, you know, I can't talk about it. We can't get into legals. But she re- she confirmed that like one did everything he was supposed to do and we are going to be fine. She also made a comment that she was really upset that one was being used as clickbait for this lawsuit. You know, basically insinuating he's innocent. We are not negligible for anything. He is not negligent for anything. We're going to be just fine. Now, if this man was going to be just fine, why is Coppin State firing him? And I'm not here to say that one is the only one in you know that is negligent and should pay the consequences the school needs to pay consequences and the alleged catfisher the assistant coach needs to be held at the fullest extent obviously but uh, you know robin is here saying like he didn't do anything wrong everything's fine we're good but we all know now that robin's track record of honesty is shaky at best As of recording this, there has been no statement from Robin, and I don't believe that there has been any statement from Juan either, but I think this is just the first step into proving that there had, if, if, if he wasn't negligent for something, why would he be fired? So something along the lawsuit and his innocence, I'm using bunny ears, quotations, his innocence just isn't lining up for me. And it's not that I think that he was fired because of the notoriety of it and him being involved, because remember, the school is in this lawsuit as well. I think that they are now 
doing investigations and finding that things just aren't adding up. That is just my opinion. It is not a fact. I do not have factual information or insider information on this lawsuit. That is just merely my opinion. And now I wonder how long it's going to be until she goes on Reasonably Shady and says, come to our Patreon and pay for our Patreon and we'll tell you the story. I mean, we know that if there's anything we know about Robin Dixon, um, one's not going to speak about it. One's not going to show up for an interview. And the only way that you're going to get any information is to pay her for it. Coincidentally, there are rumors that Robin has been demoted to friend of for next season of Potomac. And Mia's friend Jacqueline may be a full-time housewife. So we'll see if that is true or a rumor as the months come. Let's break from Housewives for a hot second and do a couple little updates on the Scandaval. So we all remember that Rachel has gone and gotten a TRO against Sheena for allegedly being physically assaulted, being punched in the eye, to which multiple people have come out and said, you know, she's had those black circles. This isn't true. Sheena's attorney has made a statement that she absolutely did not punch her. That is, you know, ridiculous and that they are going to get all of the story out to the judge before or at the hearing on March 29th. So this week we have rumors that Rachel formerly known as Raquel, will be attending the Vanderpump Rules reunion via Zoom. And this is set to take place on March 23rd. So what this did is it stirred up me doing a little bit more digging. And I previously purchased and reviewed and read and summarized the TRO petition. I only paid for the petition because it was like 20 pages long. I wanted to see the petition because I wanted to know what she was alleging happened. I wanted to see what she was using as exhibits to support the story. And generally... A judge will then take the order that is always filed with a petition because, you know, you have to file all your own documents together and then they just sign them. Generally, what happens is whatever is requested is put on the order. So I didn't spend any time getting the actual order because I thought, okay, well, if this is the stuff that's requested, it's going to be pretty straightforward. Now, what was on that petition was that Sheena could not go within 100 feet of Rachel and she also was prohibited from harassing, stalking, attacking, you know, anything that was going to physically or mentally harass or, or hurt her. What wasn't requested was electronic communication. And now I feel like Rachel has filed this TRO simply so that she could get out of being at the reunion, which now if she's going to be on Zoom, allegedly, seems like her little plan worked. But on the petition, when she did not check electronic communication or phone call or communication between any third party, that's an important piece because that still allowed them to hold a reunion where one of them could be on Zoom as long as they were not within 100 feet of one another. However, it was a comment from Emily Baker on a post that I saw that said the judge granted the electronic communication even though it was not requested. So of course today I went in and I purchased the order and sure enough, the judge not only granted everything she was requesting, but the judge also included no electronic communication or no third party communication. So this pisses me off because obviously Rachel filed the TRO to help herself in my opinion, get out of going to the reunion so that she didn't have to face the music, so that she could hide on Zoom and not have to be in the same room and be berated by anybody else throughout the reunion. That's my opinion. I also think that Sheena 
should bow this one out and be the one to go on Zoom rather than Rachel so that she can be in the room with everyone. And I don't want it to mean like Rachel or Sheena needs to like be punished for it. I think she should just simply say, you know what? I don't need to be there. You need to be there. And I'm going to step back. But now that there is an order of no communication whatsoever, Rachel gets to be on Zoom. Sheena's there, allegedly. This may change. And the two of them cannot speak at all through the reunion. There were a lot of comments that came on my videos that were saying, well, you know, Sheena can't talk about what happened anyway because the hearing doesn't happen till the 29th and the reunion is set to be recorded on the 23rd. That, yes, absolutely. She is legally not going to be able to talk about anything that happened that night, nor will anyone on the cast. However, Sheena is an integral part of the dynamic with Rachel the entire season. We have already seen it. And this pisses me off because it brings me back to an episode, a podcast episode, and I can't remember if it was Lala. I think it was Lala and Sheena, like in the beginning, where Sheena's like, this was my year to just finally stand up to everyone and not take anybody's shit. And I'm assuming, I'm alluding to the fact that she meant by, via Katie. But now there's all of this, and it's like that is even going to be taken away from her. That is going to be taken away from her because of this fucking temporary restraining order. She is the catalyst, what we've seen so far, allegedly, the catalyst that started the story with Rachel and Schwartz. There's already beef between her and Katie. Like, Sheena is the one that allowed so much airtime for Rachel this entire season thus far. She is an integral part to this. It is not just about the relationship between Ariana and Rachel. It is also a relationship between Sheena and Rachel because not only did they dupe Ariana for the last seven months, but how this makes Sheena look like a fucking idiot as well. And because of this TRO, that is now going to be taken away from Sheena. We are not going to get any closure of anything. We are not going to be able to have Sheena's even discussion, like how could you have made me look this way? How could you have done this to me this whole time? Because as much as we want to rally around Ariana, Sheena's also involved. She's an integral part in this friendship. Now, I know that there are so many moving pieces to a reunion. You know, there's a venue, there's makeup, there's costume, there's production, there's everything that goes on into it. And it's probably not that simple to move a reunion. I get it. But I think they need to. I think this is going to be, we're not, I, I really don't think that we are going to get what we think we're going to get out of this reunion because there's so much more to talk about other than just the events of the last two weeks. This has been ongoing for so many months and now you have a main character that is not going to be allowed to speak to the other main character. The only thing that I could think is once the restraining order is done, I would guarantee bold statement, I know, I would guarantee that Andy is already lining up a one-on-one -on -one with Sheena to talk solely about everything with Rachel, her and Rachel. If they can't do it on the reunion, I think that there's probably going to be something like that. 
I have other people in the comments saying like they'll schedule a second reunion. I don't think that they'll do that. I think it'll be what the reunion normally is and then a follow-up, like a one-on-one with Sheena. I really just wish that they would find some way to move this reunion and then at least until after the hearing, give it an opportunity for it to be shut down. And if for some reason the judge is like, yep, I'm going to grant it, then you deal with this shit, right? But give it, it's six days for Christ's sake. It's six days later, like give it the six days, see what happens. And if not, pick up the pieces, deal with the rest of it later. And another development in the scandal, Tom Schwartz was seen filming for Winter House this week. And I'm just like, ugh. Now, I don't know if I've talked about it on here. I don't watch Summer House. I don't, I try Sometimes I'm like, okay, I'm just bored and I need a binge. And I am always utterly disgusted by this show in so many ways. Tom Schwartz, who I'm assuming Tom Sandoval was probably supposed to be involved in the filming of Winter House as well. But there are photos of Tom Schwartz filming with the Winter House cast. So we have that to look forward to as well. Now, after last week's episode of Vanderpump Rules, LVP was on watch what happens live. And it was like my Super Bowl. I was so happy to see her back on watch what happens live. I don't know if she was drunk or if she was just really happy to be there, but she was on one. She was going after everyone and I was totally here for it, but mostly she went after Rinna and Kyle. Andy had, you know, asked the question, the classic question that everyone's wondering, like, are you going to come back now to Beverly Hills now that Rinna's gone? And she made a comment of, well, you've still got Kyle and there's still, you know, some other ones that you need to get rid of before I'll ever come back. So she made digs at Lisa Rinna. She made digs at Kyle. Now this week, on an episode of On Display with Melissa Gorga, the two T's, which I really wish that Teddy would just go the fuck away, the two T's sat down to be on Melissa's podcast, to which Teddy made a bold statement that she feels that LVP paid them to have this affair. I would really love to know when this episode was actually recorded because if it came after Watch What Happens Live... I stand in this belief that those words did not come from Teddy Mellencamp, that they actually came from Kyle Richards. And I believe that Kyle Richards is still afraid of Lisa Vanderpump. And what better way to try to get back at LVP for making snide comments on Watch What Happens Live about her than put something in Teddy's mouthpiece to spew out to the masses. I think what I love the most about this is that no one actually gives a shit what Teddy Mellencamp says. It's just comical nonetheless. I'm ready for John Mellencamp's daughter to go away. Her five minutes are up and it's like she's just hanging by the coattails of Tamara. She really is. Now, Tamara will be coming back on Real Housewives of Orange County. I believe, I'm hoping that we're going to get a trailer for that next week. They finally showed their confessional looks. Bravo put that out. Also has a rumor that they are teasing that it is supposed to start end of April. So we need we need a trailer. We need to get back into it. But I'm done with Teddy. I'm over it. I don't want to hear about her anymore. <laughs> Last thing I want to talk about is Salt Lake City. And I don't want to talk about it because I think I've made my views on Salt Lake City in previous episodes very clear. I could care. Uh, like, I don't care if it ever came back. I was so annoyed by last season. I'm done with Heather Gay. I'm done with Meredith. The two of them, I'm, I'm especially Heather though, I'm done. But this is a big one. But 
There have been sightings of the women on a trip currently filming. And the person that is with them is no other than Mary Cosby. There have been rumors that with Jen Shaw currently sitting in prison, that Mary Cosby was set to make a return. But I believe it was Queens of Bravo that shared a video that one of their followers took. They were on a girl's trip, a a vacation, and Mary Cosby was filming. Of course, there's no official word from Bravo or any of the housewives that is yet to be seen, but it is something to be interested. And I'm curious, like, what would you, what do you think? Is Mary Cosby's return enough to get you fully invested back into Salt Lake City? I don't know if I can truly answer that question yet. We need the comedy. Like, I see how she's there to fill in Jen's shoes, but I am just so turned off by last season. Like, I would not have cared if it was canceled. I actually think I would have preferred it to have been canceled. But I do love me some Lisa Barlow, so... I'll probably watch. I say all this and you know I'm going to watch. We covered a lot in this episode. I think this was probably one of my more fun ones because like I said, we touched on a lot of different cities and a lot of different Bravo shows. And it is just so nice to not solely be talking about Scandaval anymore. Oh, I do want to add one thing because I am recording this on Wednesday. So obviously the new episode of Vanderpump has not come out. But Andy did say, because there have been a lot of rumors about episodes being recut to show Rachel in a negative light. Andy did say on his radio show that we are going to think when we see tonight's episode, again, you're listening on Thursday, I'm recording on Wednesday, when we see the episode that it is going to look that it like it was edited to show her in a negative light, and he is saying that is absolutely not true. Unfortunately, everything that Rachel says and does in this episode happened in real time. We've already seen a preview for it where, you know, she tells... Lala, like, good thing you don't have a man around when Lala says, I wouldn't trust you around my man if you were drinking. So I think we're going to see an interesting, interesting episode that all roads are going to lead back to Rachel being, well, we'll just leave it at that. But all eyes are going to be on every episode from here on out. I know that that's like, we're all looking for something. And had we not known the end result, I think we probably would have just assumed that these were all like trashy behaviors with shorts. And now we can see it in a different way. That's all I have for you guys today. Thank you so much for listening. As always, if you're enjoying the show, please rate, please review, please share, tag me in your socials. Everything discussed in this podcast should not be taken as factual information. It is my opinion and my belief. So please don't come for me. We always got to do the disclaimers at the end. I hope that you enjoyed the episode. I hope you have a wonderful day. I hope you have a wonderful weekend and I'll talk to you in the next episode. Bye.